Hey everybody and welcome to the Wellness at Works podcast. Hi Lily. Hi Sam, how are you doing today? I'm doing okay, thank you. We are a few Good. weeks into the kids being back at school, so obviously doing much better. I can yeah. see our guests cheering as well. <laughs> <laughs> and we're nearly in April, which is insane. I think actually by the time this podcast will be out, it will be April. So yeah. happy April, everyone. Um, and yes, Sam has um, just let you all know that we are joined by a special guest today. Um, we have the CEO of the Trussell Trust, Emma Reevy. Hi, Emma. Hi, thanks very much for having me. It's lovely to be here. So clearly another parent that's been enjoying the last couple of weeks from the cheering. <laughs> the silent Indeed. cheering. Yes. I have two two children who are in secondary school, so 11 and 14, but also a husband who's a teacher. So there was a mass exodus from our house wow. um, two weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> so I've gone from four of us at home to just me. Oh, amazing. It must it be lovely. nice. It's, it's really lovely. I can leave the door open. Nobody's yes. coming in. Yeah, nobody lots, appearing lots behind you on a Zoom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. With a very important question. Yes. Or in need of a very important hug. <laughs> but actually, I don't know about you guys, but secretly I a little bit miss it too. Yeah, I think we all adapted to that, yeah. didn't we? And, and, and for me, it was like, you know, first of all, I was like, I just need to get work done. But actually, you just have to adapt. It's work and yeah. family. But we're back. We're back yeah, to where we're we back. were. So that's great. <laughs> Yeah, so Emma, you're obviously a CEO of the Trussell Trust, a very important uh, charity that's very close to WW's heart. Um, so for anyone that is listening that doesn't know about the Trussell Trust, it would be great to just get a bit of context from you. Sure. Um, so we support a network of over 1,200 food bank centres right across the United Kingdom. Um, and basically, the first thing that we do is if somebody is referred to us from a frontline service, and they're referred because somebody's identified that somebody doesn't have enough money to be able to afford food. So they can get a referral to one of our food banks. And pre-COVID, that would have involved coming in, having a cup of tea, sitting having a chat while somebody prepared three days of emergency food for that person and their, their whole household. Um, during the pandemic, that's been a little bit different and we've had to adapt our, our delivery model. But in essence, it's about that initial response with emergency food, but also really importantly, how can we support somebody with the underlying reason why they've had to come to a food bank and try and ensure that they're getting the support. So if they've had to come once to a food bank, which is awful to find yourself in that situation, that, that maybe we can do something to stop them having to come again. Um, and so that's that's in essence what our food banks do and at the Trussell Trust we support them with that work whilst campaigning for and using the evidence that we gather through those referrals to campaign for a UK without the need for food banks. That's our vision. We don't want anyone to have to turn to an emergency food provider to get by and um, we want people to have enough money to be able to go to the supermarket and, and buy their own yeah. food. So we campaign for uh, using the data that we have. Yeah, I suppose essentially you'd like to put yourselves out of business, if that makes sense. But, you know, it's like you don't want people to need you. Um, But you what you talked about there and people being in that sort of desperate situation, um, you know, interestingly, I've read plenty of um, stories, uh, people's stories and people fall into these situations who you don't necessarily expect are the people that have fallen into these situations. And is desperate isn't it and it is um can be a you know embarrassing for some people it can be you know having to face up to 
to get into this point so you know we we obviously we understand and we see your work as vital um so do you when when people come to you you say you talk to them about how they got into this situation do you have you got a network of people that you work with that you can refer also refer them to Absolutely. So the first point of call would be to see if there's additional support services that other agencies can provide or that we might be able to provide directly. Um, because the reason somebody comes to a food bank is because they don't have enough money. Uh, and we know that um, certain groups of people are overrepresented in food banks. So we know, for example, that three quarters of people coming to food banks have got an underlying health condition that affects their daily life. So uh, 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 either have a disability or a long term health condition that it's made, they can't work. So they, they find themselves uh, relying on our social security system, on our benefits. And that's not enough to cover the costs of essentials. We know we see um, a much higher number of single parents coming to food banks, single mums, compared to, um, so 20% of people coming to food banks are single mums compared to 5% of the general population being single mums. So there are certain things that just often make it more expensive, make it harder to make finances stretch. So somebody being unwell, somebody having a disability, somebody having to look after families with multiple children, for example, are finding themselves unable to afford the essentials and are being forced into food banks. So trying to ensure that they're getting their full entitlement of benefits, supporting them to see if there's any additional funding, mm-hmm. they could be getting additional support and um, is a really important part of helping somebody not to have to come back to a food bank again. These are complex things to navigate and it's hard, particularly if you are worried about your kids. If you're tired, if you've gone for multiple days without food, trying to work out which form to apply for which extra. Sometimes somebody just needs somebody to, 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 to provide a bit of support and solidarity in that yeah. moment, actually. And make it not seem so complicated, yeah. you know, to have that person just say to you, OK, this is what you need to do now. When everything else around you is, you know, you're, you're, ang- you're anxious, you're, you know, everything's sort of, yeah. or you may feel like things are falling apart. I think that's, mm-hmm. you know, such, um, such important work. And you talked about parents there. I mean, it's one mm-hmm. thing looking after yourself, isn't it? But when you've got dependents and you know as a parent, everything you do is for your children. And if you get mm-hmm. to the point where you can't feed them, that's desperate. It's um, awful. For, for yeah. parents, particularly, I, I, it's heartbreaking because actually you talked about it earlier. It's 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 really embarrassing for people to have to come to food banks. Mm-hmm. No matter how lovely a welcome our food yeah. banks create, it's a deeply undignified thing to have to mm-hmm. come and ask for emergency food for yourself and your families. And so what we see very often is parents who have gone without in order to keep their kids with food and it's at the point where there's just not even enough for that and at the point where children are going to have to go without that that people come into our food banks Um, and during the pandemic we saw a a significant increase in the number of families with children having to come to food banks and over the first six months of the pandemic we were handing out on average 2,600 emergency food parcels a day just to children that is insane and I remember when uh, we've been working with yourselves at WW, um, I, I think maybe 18 months now. So it yeah. was before the it pandemic before, hit. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it was all part of our WW Good program where we yeah. want to help, you know, 
people from all areas, all communities be able to live a, a healthy and happy lifestyle. And so mm. I, I don't know about you, Emma, but it feels like such a great partnership for us to be able yeah. to help support you on that. But even before the pandemic, the kind of stats and numbers that Trussell Trust would mm. share with us were huge. And I just can't even imagine how much that has multiplied since, yeah. you know, last March. So what other kind of differences have you seen over the lockdown period? Yeah. So I think to say that the partnership that we have with WW has been incredible and absolutely predates the pandemic. And actually, I think it's it's something that gives me real hope that people have been choosing um, to use their wins to to support the Trussell Trust in huge numbers. And that's because nobody thinks it's right that anyone goes hungry. And so that, that, that community response, that collective will, to, to bring about change gives me tremendous hope because this is not a new problem that we're seeing during the pandemic. Right. Over the last five years, we've seen a 74% increase in food bank use. So just before the, the year that finished, just before the pandemic started, we had handed out 1.9 million emergency food parcels in that year. In the first six months of the pandemic, we've already handed out point two million emergency food parcels. Mm -hmm. So we've seen exponential growth. Those first two weeks, the last two weeks of March, just as we went into lockdown, our numbers doubled overnight Mm. compared to the same period last year. People were left, they potentially lost their hours, they lost their jobs, they were unwell, Mm. and there was no safety net to catch them. And they felt right the way through to not having enough money to, to buy food for their families. Uh, and that's that's just not right. And the levels we've seen of increase through this year, 2,600 food parcels to children every day that is just wrong. Yeah, and terrifying. That, that yeah. just feels... It's so wrong. It should not be yeah. happening. It should not um, be happening. You know, and thank goodness that you, you are doing the work that you do. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just the emotional well-being of people as well as the yeah. nutritional you know well-being yeah. of people is it it's like a vicious circle then isn't it you fall yeah. into a, a, a hole like you said there's no safety net because some of these people never needed to claim any form of benefits or anything like that before yeah. um, but yeah. it's you know there are people that yeah. have done and that, uh, that sort of We'll know more about that system, but to be able to have somebody to turn to and get that advice um, is obviously crucial. Um, mm. have, have you got any sort of stories that of of people that have come to you, and then you know, obviously you've helped turn their lives around mm. and um, just help them get back on their way, yeah. I suppose. So there's just this morning on the Today Show, and it's it's actually not a Trussell Trust Food Bank, but another uh, emergency food aid provider, because I think that's important to say. Um, We're just the tip of the iceberg. Mm -hmm. We've seen people setting up emergency food provision all around the country to help their Mm neighbours in their communities. So my, my data I'm sharing is horrifying, but it's literally just the tip of the iceberg, which I think is, is, is really, awful when you think about that we actually don't know the scale of um people who are facing hunger that's the thing you're not seeing everyone are you no Mm. you're not you're not and there will be people who are going without rather than than coming forward because it's really difficult to Mm -hmm. to 
to, to ask for help in those situations. Um, but there was a there was a lady today on the on the Today Show talking about the fact that um, she has two kids. She had a job, an assistant manager job within retail. And um, she had a nice car, good job. She that these are her words. She was talking about and uh, lost her job overnight, and all of a sudden. And I think this is the thing going on to benefits is is really hard. So from from being paid, so it went from furlough and then ultimately on to benefits, mm-hmm. which is the equivalent of about thirteen percent of being on minimum wage. Yeah, it's what what your benefits are when you get it. So that you're talking about a massive cut. For many, many yeah. people, uh, in their income, uh, and that that's that's a really tricky. So I think just to, to that, so it's not a, a story of of transformation, but that is a very common story that we're mm-hmm. hearing of people coming to food banks. I think um, what we find during the pandemic, we opened a helpline with the citizens advice. Um, so we have we we have got citizens advice specialist workers working in a call centre. So if people weren't able to get a referral to a food bank, they could call through to this helpline. We opened it in April. And what we're finding is that on average, being able to support um, people with specialist advice before a referral to a food bank Mm -hmm. has been increasing um, on average income by about £3,000 per person, which is a massive amount of money. Um, And that's just by ensuring people are getting access to everything they they should be getting. And that that we, we know from research we've done before that the average household income of somebody coming to a food bank is just £50 a week after rent. So that's five times lower than what we nationally decide is the poverty line, which mm. is £262. Yeah. £50 a week for the whole household. Mm. So that level of, uh, of savings that we can find or that extra income that we can find through specialist advice, mm. £3,000 into that context can be transformative. Mm. And we hear from people that that has been enough to help keep their heads above water. Yeah. Gives you that thinking space to think, okay, what can I do to navigate this? To think about going and applying for a job, another job, or sorting out your CV or whatever in a situation where you are subsisting, where you're not sure where your family's next meal is coming from. Mm-hmm. If you're going to have to make choices between heating your house or eating, it's not possible. It's not possible to engage even with opportunities that might be being presented mm-hmm. in that kind of situation. So first and foremost, we have to ensure that people have enough money for the essentials because then people can move out of yeah. a difficult situation yeah. much, much more quickly. And at the moment, people are just being pulled under. Mm-hmm. And it's so hard in terms of mental health. We know over half of the people coming to food banks are really struggling with their mental health because no wonder being pulled under. Yeah. And it's really hard to keep your head above water in that, that context. Yeah, it's being able to see the light at the end of the tunnel, isn't it? And I think especially, you know, at the time that we're recording this, it is pretty much bang on a year since I know we got sent home from the office. Um, And, you know, there's all jokes on the internet about how we are, oh, we only thought it was going to be two weeks. So even, as you said, in that last bit of March, there was that sudden influx for you. That was people, you know, panicking at at the offset. But it's... Mm gone on for so much longer than people expected and Mm. you know for for you guys and and what you do and and the other food banks that do it it must have been hard to know how long it could keep going if you know what I mean so what else was happening yeah to keep it going at a good like speed I guess to keep up with it I have to say 
our volunteers are extraordinary people. Mm. I sat at the beginning of April and, and so operationally what we were facing was frontline referral agents had all closed. So people couldn't be easily referred. Um, having COVID secure spaces when you're in a little community centre or church hall, exactly. it's really hard for mm. the banks to navigate. Many of our volunteers are older. So a lot of our volunteers had to shield and all of the food that people would donate normally to us, so pasta, tin goods, had disappeared off of supermarket shelves. And so I sat at the beginning of April going, I honestly don't think we're going to be able to keep going. Our food yeah. banks are not going to be able to keep going. But by golly, that was not something they were going to accept. And so like when everyone else was having to step back and re-review and reflect on what, how they were going to cope with this, our volunteers were stepping forward. And they did not close down their services and they found food and they kept supporting people because they said, not, not on our watch, not in this darkest moment when people need us, mm. are we not going to turn up? And they are astonishing. And they've kept, they've kept going through unbelievable volumes of pressure. Like they, I, I've never encountered a group of people like them. They mm. are astonishing. And they must be, I know they are so tired. Yeah. gone way beyond adrenaline yeah. now into just really tired but they worked out home delivery models they introduced e-referral systems they sorted out food from here the, the food food collection points on people's doorsteps that's we, what i was going to ask so it changed to instead of people coming to a place yeah. it was deliveries it was you know and obviously you say your your a lot of your volunteers are older as well so they're yeah. out and about delivering so we got oh. we got lots of new people step forward to volunteer, okay. and then some of our older volunteers who are now coming back out again as they've because been vaccinated they were shielding. Uh, because yeah. they were shielding, they right. would maybe call people on the telephone. I, I saw oh. a lovely uh, thing where some of our volunteers were writing cards to put into the boxes that were being delivered, going, "We're really sorry we can't see you in person, mm-hmm. but we want you to know that we really care about you and we can't wait could. to be able to see." You. They, That's so nice, unbelievable. The, the the operational challenges any one of them mm-hmm. could have taken down our network and they just didn't let it happen sheer force of of will and desire to support people in crisis and i yeah i'm blown away by them yeah yeah that is one of the main things i think everyone has said is the community that we've now realized we have as a, yes. a nation and a, yeah. well worldwide um how you said earlier about neighbors helping out like elderly yeah. uh, on their roads and going and picking up shopping for them or helping out with bits that maybe they can't afford so there has been mm-hmm. that happening you know on a smaller community level but knowing that you guys have been able to grow your own community with people stepping forward to help with volunteering um like you said there's there's probably so many stories where you hear about that but it feels like even now we're coming out of lockdown hopefully touchwood um i think we're gonna keep that like i i haven't heard anyone say oh you know now i'm going back to the office i'm not going to be able to do x y and z i think everyone wants to carry on helping and supporting one another which is lovely I, I really like so I, I agree and I, I really hope that is true. We've we've all changed the way that we work, the way we live, the way we socialise to protect one another. Mm. And I wonder how that can manifest now. How can we protect one another from ever experiencing destitution? 
where we're experiencing not being able to afford food because I think we've mobilized around like that support that people needed in the short term but I believe that we can create a hunger-free future like it's not 10 years ago we distributed 60,000 food parcels last year 1.9 million this is a very new thing Mm. People having to rely on mass food aid distribution Mm -hmm. in the sixth richest country in the world. It's new. So how can we together change that? And I I would love us to be looking back in 10 years and say this was the point at which we decided that instead of reading about food banks in our newspapers, we should only be reading about them in our history books. Mm -hmm. That's something we used to do. Mm -hmm. We used to find that when people were unwell or lost their jobs, that what we did is we directed them to food aid. That was the old way. Mm -hmm. Now what we say is we will protect one another and ensure that we're all able to afford essentials, such as food, a safe place to live, heating, school shoes for our kids, those essentials in life. We're, we're going to commit to one another as we come through this pandemic that actually, for us as a society, that's what we want as a baseline. And I think if we can do that, then then I will be out of a job, which will be beautiful. And yeah. there won't be a need for food banks. And we can be doing lots of other stuff instead. Yeah. And you, you talk about, I mean, people talk about food banks and food all the time, but really we're talking about mm. the essentials. Um, and the the key essentials things like not to get into the whole toilet paper debate but that was a thing at the beginning of lockdown that was crazy Mm. um so the um what am i trying to say the sanitary you know yeah personal hygiene items items yeah yeah um everything like that is so crucial like to the point where you can't you know, you wouldn't even feel like you want to leave the house unless you, unless you had those no. essentials. Mm. Um, just general you cleanliness. You don't want to go to a job interview, for example. Exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, so that another impact on people's well-being emotionally yeah. as well. Absolutely. Um, we know that if somebody's not able to afford food, that they're also not able to afford personal hygiene items, essential clothing. They'll be worrying about their rent. They'll be choosing not to put the heating on. In, in through this last winter um, and, and our research shows us that 94% of people coming to food banks are experiencing what, what can be categorised as destitution. If you're not able mm. to cover those essentials, yeah. people are experiencing destitution um, and, and so it's not, that's why often we get, we, we get caught up quite understandably in a conversation about food mm-hmm. and this isn't, this is about poverty. Yeah. This is about people not having enough money for the essentials. And, and and therefore, food banks can only ever be a sticking plaster. The best we're managing to do is mm-hmm. treat one symptom of a much deeper problem mm-hmm. and maybe two with personal hygiene items and, and food. But that that worry, that pressure mm-hmm. of all of those essentials being tricky to, to, yeah. to fund is, that's, that's, that's really damaging. Yeah. So we were talking about obviously we work with you, WW. Yeah. Um, you've you've got a, a network of corporate partners, which is fantastic. Yeah. Does that does that also include uh, things like supermarket companies? Uh, are they yeah. are they all on board? You know, are they they're the yeah. ultimately the people that can really help this, aren't they as well? Mm. Um, we, we wouldn't have made it through this pandemic without some of those incredible partnerships. Mm-hmm. Actually, particularly when food was. Um, 
not not available in supermarkets so our supermarket partners like worked as hard as us through the night sourcing foods enabling us to access it uh, and, and that's across supermarkets so we had some we've had some incredible partnerships that have enabled even down to people having like the bags to be able to distribute food for, for home delivery yes, yes. to accessing key items where they were prioritizing access to those items for food banks ahead of stores in some context where we really needed the items. Um, so it's been a tremendous partnership with, with supermarkets, but also with other partners like WW. Um, because we, we couldn't have done it by ourselves. And, and I think that, again, is part of the hope I have for a, a long-term solution. Like how how do we between us create a, a hunger free future? Um, working together across different sectors, um, and what what is our role to play in in ensuring that people have enough money for the essentials? Definitely, and obviously we'll continue to have events happening and um, challenges for our members and, and non-members alike, anyone that's across our channels and, and being involved in things we do. So I know um, a, a month or two ago now we did the Walk to Wellness piece yeah. where people could donate directly. Obviously, you've talked about Wellness Wins, but for anyone that's listening that isn't a WW member um, at the moment, how can how do you see individuals being able to continue helping with this? And yeah. I'm sure for a lot of people, they've been really moved by a everything you said and are instantly going to be like right I want to get on this and help as well oh, that would be amazing if that were the case because <laughs> so um, on our website trusttrust.org um, forward slash hunger free future you can join our movement for change uh, and so there will be lots of information on there on things you can get involved in and we'll continue to give you information as we, we seek to, to build a, a future that's free from hunger going forward. Um, and it will take everyone. So the, what we've seen that's been extraordinary during the pandemic is people coming together mm-hmm. and bringing about change. And it's that movement of people that will end the need for food banks. And I, I believe it will happen. I believe yeah. it absolutely can happen and it will happen. So anyone who's able to join us in that campaign would be just amazing to have you on board. And I guess it's also about if you know any neighbours or family members that are struggling and maybe they feel like, oh, I can't do that. You know, I don't feel like I deserve it or I'm embarrassed. Like yeah. just giving them that push that it's there for anyone, yes. you know, that needs the help mm-hmm. um, and that, that they shouldn't feel any issues to do so. Uh, absolutely. I think the, the, we have a lot over the last few years move people into different groups and we've separated ourselves from one another and we said mm. that that's poverty is something that happens to that group of people over there or this and, and and within that conversation we're attributing blame and reasons actually what we've realized during this pandemic is anyone can lose their job mm. anyone can become unwell yeah. people's lives and the rugs from underneath them can be pulled without any notice on a tremendous scale and so how do we how do we indicate to one another, show one another that we recognize that this is something that's happening to us mm-hmm. as a collective and we will create a space for all of us where that doesn't need to be the case, where we'll support one another. We've seen it during the pandemic, we need to keep that going going forward rather than going back into our groups yeah. and thinking this is not mm-hmm. something that affects me. So I think what you say there's really about like, reaching out to your neighbors, saying it's all right, I, I recognize this, this must be really difficult for you and what can I do to help? Um, when people put a tin in a collection point in a supermarket, 
what they're saying is this is not right. Not on my watch is somebody going to go hungry. And that's a that's a tremendous gesture of solidarity. Mm-hmm. And I think we can build on that. And there's, none of us want to see our neighbours, our friends or people we love going without. No. So what, I, what would we want better for them? Yeah. I think it's been a great thing to teach our kids as well. You know, mm-hmm. I can walk one way two minutes and get to a place where we can leave food. I can walk 10 minutes the other way and get to a place where we can leave food. I always take the kids. They're proud to go there. They Maybe. understand why they're going there. So let's hope mm-hmm. that you know future generations also will not let this happen. We'll help yeah. to continue mm-hmm. the, the fight that we have yeah. in this country against poverty, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and, and also uh, I suppose if we can take a positive from the lockdown it is that you now have this helpline for so for those you know exactly. like we say people who think i'm not good you know I, i'm not worthy of this or i'm embarrassed or whatever you're feeling mm. it's natural it's human you you are allowed to feel that but also you are allowed access to this so call mm. a helpline you don't need to go yeah. anywhere so yeah. there's all sorts of yeah. things visit the website um members look at your wellness wins and uh <laughs> get donating to the trust of trust because it is yeah. it's truly fantastic and this is this has been really enlightening yeah. um and educational and i hope that you know everyone listening um feels you know like lily said that passion to to get involved oh it's so been it's you. been really lovely to be here uh, and speaking with you and i'm so grateful to all of your members for the donations they've made it's really makes a big difference to helping us support us the banks and people in crisis Thank you. No, definitely. And it's been lovely talking to you, Emma, and hearing your passion for trying to change what we're doing in the UK and, um, you know, hearing it directly from you and understanding exactly how it all works. I think for a lot of people, it will be a real eye opener. So uh, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks to everyone for listening. Um, if anyone wants to check uh, the Trust Trust out on social, do you want to just let people know where they can find you? Sure, um, you can find us at Trust of Trust. Um, I'm at, at Emma Reevy. Um, but also, if you want to go to our website and sign up to the campaign, it's trustoftrust.org forward slash hunger free future. Amazing. Thanks so much. Thank and, you. Uh, we will speak to everyone else next week. Bye. Bye.